Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with, then this is a podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Today's guest is one of the sweetest and most humble women I know. We both love building our community and we've crossed paths during the work and have kept touch over the years. In her personal life, she's the first lady of a very prominent church and extremely dedicated wife and mother. Professionally, she is a career strategist, speaker and trainer. And she is highly motivated and offers more than 22 years of executive leadership. She is also a coach who supports ambitious women through career transitions by teaching them how to develop a clear vision and strategy. It is my pleasure and my absolute honor to introduce Mrs. Marcia Bolden. Welcome, sis. Hey, thank you. Great afternoon, my friend. How are you? I am wonderful and just so excited to... um, have this time and space with you today. Well, good. Well, you know what? You are a busy lady, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. And uh, I'm glad we could connect today because we're talking about a topic that I don't think a lot of people address. Uh, So before we dive into a little bit of your story of how you overcame your trauma in the workplace, I want to go over some examples of what workplace trauma is. And a lot of people, they may not even know that they're being traumatized at work, you know? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even really think of it myself until you and I had the conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I was really traumatized. Yeah, yeah. So external forces like natural disasters and maybe active shooters, they're very traumatic. Uh, But but there are some other uh, internal issues that can go on for quite some time and can make for a very hostile working environment like discrimination, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And being gaslit about getting a promotion. I've actually been there uh, a couple of times, actually. That can be very traumatic because you're trying your best, right? And no one is seeing the things that you're doing. No one thinks that you're worthy enough to move to the next level. That could be very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, having your trust broken or lack of support from the boss and or HR. That's also a, another moment that um, could be very traumatic for someone. Also, how do you say overworked and underpaid? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Pretty common, huh? That is pretty common. You have this big workload and you cannot see the forest through the trees. And, um, and then you have these micromanagers, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. being bullied by colleagues that definitely happens. Um, and it happens more than people really realize. And also, um, one of the things that you and I had talked about in private was just a lot of, um, Microaggression. Yes, that's a big one. Yes. And a lot of people, they don't realize that it is microaggression because it's probably not their fight mm-hmm. or their struggle. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about those? Wow. Well, one, thank you for setting that up for me. Um, you gave some really good examples. Um, so all of that is pretty complex, right? It's going to hit an individual differently depending on your background, right? how you've been conditioned. So, you know, I have found that women may respond differently. And if you compare me and it's totally different in some aspects. 
um, particularly when you're working with women of color, it's even more profound, right? And so just the, maybe the traumas from your childhood as they play into, you know, that professional, um, those experiences, but then just as you are, you know, as a professional trying to move forward and you're compounded with that and maybe perceived as hostile or angry or a little too aggressive, not assertive, aggressive, or, right. you know, just a little bossy. So how do you begin to process that in a healthy way? And stay on track in terms of, hey, is this a place that I really see a future for myself? Or do I really need to look at how are these things impacting my health, you know, my relationships, my perception of myself? So is this the healthiest place for me? You know, do I need to make some changes? And so, um, and I know we'll get into that. Those were all places that I found myself in, in sharing stories sometimes there was a little shame there because it's like this feels big to me and maybe sharing with a friend or maybe with sometimes your spouse and they're thinking here we go again or are you being right. too sensitive you know and it's like but these feelings are big and if you don't have a, a healthy outlet and not processing those feelings correctly it could really end up um having more adverse effects on you and so um I feel like this is my time, uh, my space and season to really bring some attention to that and begin sharing with clients, with women, how it is possible to move beyond those experiences and really begin to live your life full out and begin to create some incredible things for yourself. So, Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And creating that safe space for people to actually sit and talk about what they've been going through at work is also important. Mm -hmm. And when one goes to, let's say they're experiencing something and they go to HR, that should be the safe space. It should be. But I've had people say that they've went to HR and it was just the same as going to the manager. And so now you feel stuck in this position. Mm -hmm. How do you Sometimes feel like of that? Yeah. And no disrespect, I'm sure some of your viewers are, you know, maybe have that HR background. I have an HR background as well. Um, and hopefully this conversation may cause, you know, some reflection. And certainly we would hope that we have HR folks who will be allies and have a little more compassion in these matters. And so, um, yes, there have been times that, again, it's almost like if you have a victim or someone who has experienced some type of violence or something, they're going saying, I need help. And then, you know, this trusted resource is quite the opposite. And so you re-injure that individual. And so do we blame it on cultural competence? What are the reasons why individuals are maybe being re-traumatized by reaching out to human resources? Or, you know, we're not talking about because you should know if that employee is going outside for help, but then there's a stigmatism placed there as well. And again, here is this person, and I'm talking to women because predominantly that's who my clients are. Okay. My business, you know, where do they go? You know, where do they go? Because they have to return back to the, the same environment. And if they haven't been given tools, you know, and the proper support, unfortunately, it could become worse. I, I mean, I can say that I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And there have been moments that I myself have sat in my car and said the Lord, please mm -hmm. <laughs> watch, help me watch my words, guide my steps, get me through this day already. Because yeah. 
you have things that are happening that you feel like you, you cannot get resolved and you don't know where to go, or even the person that you thought would be helpful mm -hmm. has not been helpful and you need the job. So you can't just quit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a very sensitive and, and difficult place to be. And we're not even talking about environments where maybe your peers, they've watched these things happen and maybe off to the side, they're agreeing like that wasn't right. But then I've seen it and I've experienced it where they've separated for fear of, you know, being retaliated with because you are the, you're the target. And so yeah. they're retreating. And so, you know, that individual finds themselves isolated, really not knowing, do I even participate? How do I engage? Because there is this cloud around me that I'm problematic, right? And so then it backfires because they're saying, well, you're not participating, you're withdrawn. You know, so it's just, it gets worse. It can get worse if you don't have some proper support and tools that, you know, I, I know later we'll talk to. So I'm excited to talk about that part because it is, it can be dark, Noreen, and um, have personally experienced, and this is my first time really coming out and talking about this publicly, you know, and I've been okay. blessed to be in a lot of different industries. Now I can coach you into any job your heart <laughs> desires. I am proof of that. Um, however, I know with God's will, there were some times that I thought, well, why am I in this setting? And it's this, like, I've been in this space before. Like, I know how this ends up. Okay, I'm in a new setting and I see how this is going. And so I really feel like all those experiences have led me to this moment so that I can be diverse in coaching women, whether it is in human service, corporate America, if it is in education, um, if it is in the world of media, I can speak to that um, having been there. But there were times that, again, being in a high profile leadership role, I found myself many times feeling isolated or tearful or misunderstood. Um, and I've watched some of the bias play out. And so I think it's a cop out too, when the response is you're overly sensitive or you're making this a race thing. My first thing is let's make it a human thing, right? Let's start there. Let's make it a human thing, you know, and just let's go back to just the basics of treating individuals how they want to be treated, not how you, I always say, because you may not value yourself as I value myself. So treat me how I want to be treated. And that is with respect. Um, that is with understanding. And that's not to say that there are opportunities where I've had to say, hey, let me apologize. I understood you interpreted it. My thoughts as this, you know, I apologize if that made you feel uncomfortable. Let me explain. So, I mean, again, just having the opportunity to communicate and not do harm. That makes sense. That makes sense. What can you really share about your workplace trauma? So, so I've had, you know, I've been in many environments um, and primarily the majority of my supervisors did not look like me. Um, and I have found with some females who did not look like me, maybe there wasn't a huge difference in age, that those relationships often became challenging, whether it was the individual felt intimidated, you know, maybe there were some internal things, because again, I'm a team player. I am just not a competitive person. I am, let's win. You know, I want to help you look good. That makes me look good. 
Exactly. Uh, but I, I have found myself have been excluded. I mean, and it's the same play to the point that I said, well, is there a school or a program that some of these managers are going to because it's the same play? Right. Time. You know, it's the isolation. It is the microaggressions. It is the, um, how do I want to say, you know, your hair is different. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, oh, you look so nice, but you're singled out because of your hair or we have to talk about the skin tone or, you know, just things that really don't matter or you're a thinker, you're so articulate. Well, I would hope every employee is a thinker and articulate, but I have been met with those comments and I thought, well, what am I to do with that? Right. Right. Um, Because it has nothing to do with my work, but because I am asking you maybe direct questions. And again, I want to understand my assignment. I want to make sure I'm doing a good job, but I have found myself, I don't know if you've heard of this term of being, um, going from the pet to the threat, right? So so the pet in terms of being, in most cases, maybe being the only one that looks like me in that environment. Oh, isn't she pretty? Oh, isn't she nice? You know, and your credentials or your experience (laughs) is never really talked about, right? I never heard about that. Yeah, look it up, pet to threat. And then as you are achieving and maybe bringing good attention to that place of work, it becomes a little more, I think, threatening for that individual. And I don't know, it's hard to talk about what's in their mind, but just I've watched that happen like clockwork that the dynamics of the relationship has changed because maybe you you felt like I'm shining too much. Instead of seeing like, that's my team member and she's doing great things. It became more of, I'm going to reassign you. I mean, I have found myself pulled off of projects that I was excelling in and thrown way off, you know, kind of like in the shadow or maybe even asked not to come to meetings. Oh, wow. Okay. And it wasn't because I had been put on an action plan or anything, but just all of a sudden, I'm left out or I'm not copied on memos. So just little microaggressive types of behavior. And after a while, that begins to weigh on you. You didn't hire a person who is not observant, who isn't a thinker. So obviously you can see these calculated measures. And so if you're not careful, it can begin to diminish um, your confidence, your self-esteem, um, and have you questioning, what did I do? Um, is, is my job in jeopardy? It's just not a good feeling to be in. Yeah, it definitely isn't a good feeling. Who would you speak to when that was done? So I have worked with HR. I mean, I have even participated in cultural studies in the workplace. Um, and of course, even with the cultural studies, when you look at diversity, what well, those who were conducting the cultural studies did not look like me, right? So mm-hmm. if you can't really relate to the experience of being the only person that looks like yourself, the only one who has described some of these activities, you know, the response at the end of this investigation that they did was, you know, being overly sensitive. So that's what you're dubbed, overly sensitive. You're, you were being overly sensitive. Um, and so that was just in one particular industry. Um, I learned a lot of great lessons that they were painful, but at the end of the day, um, I was all the better for it, right? 
Of course, I did not continue in that particular industry for a couple of reasons. It, it wasn't good for my health. Um, and I really had outgrown those kind of antics and knew that I could use my gifts and talents in other areas without the stress, without that type of scrutiny and treatment. Right. So, you know, the, the HR, I've went that road. Of course, my faith has been huge supporting me. And then I began to invest in my development in working with coaches. And that is really where things began to turn around for me. Well, that's good. So have you taken any really big risks at work that you were not certain what the outcome would be, but you just felt like you were just being led to do it? Yes. And in the last example that I gave you, I was really disappointed by the outcome. And I didn't push to have it escalated, but I really wanted that manager. And let me just, let me really play it out. I was the only person that looked like myself. I have the most experience, more so than my direct supervisor. I had more education and had very diverse work experience as it related to outside of that company and then coming in. So quite naturally, I was probably more than qualified. I probably could have had my manager's position. Right. Um, but that was that organization's procedure in terms of we're going to have this cultural study done. Yes. So, you know, and I followed the steps, um, continued to go to work in this environment, knowing that we all had to go through these interviews to, and it was called, I think, a cultural a climate assessment, really cultural climate assessment. And we were staff size of probably less than eight. So go figure, we're working very closely together. I really felt like the issue could have been solved by really bringing me and the manager together and just even a mediator to find some kind of common ground, you know, and for that individual to understand, here are some examples of how I'm feeling when this happens. The kind of shutting down my contributions in staff meetings, if I offered, I was quickly redirected and that was blatant in front of peers. And so, of course, my peers would off to the side, are you okay? So everyone knew. But when those interviews began, because of the fear of retribution, of course, everyone said it was fine, leaving me as the problem. Um, and so it escalated higher. And it just so happened that individual that I had to meet with at the time, we worked on a couple other boards in the community. So for one, I felt safe because this person knew my character. And not that I expected any favors, but again, a person that could objectively see, okay, I've worked with this person. Some of these things seem really off. And that was just not the outcome. And actually I was told, you just need to focus forward. You need to, you need to just focus forward. I was very dismissive. Well, then here I was just very disrupted, Noreen. And like you said, this particular role allowed for me to take care of my family. So I, I needed the job, right? you know, I needed to be working. And so it was at that moment that I thought, I need to begin working on the exit plan. I had lost 14 pounds in a matter of weeks. Um, my eyebrow hairs had started falling out. Um, I had the eye twitch. So I mean, so just those are examples. And let me just go there. My nose hairs had began falling out. That's how stressed 
That is very stressful if your nose hairs are affected. So, that's, so ladies, that's really a thing. I just It's really a thing. It happened to me. So my body was letting me know, okay, this is more than a notion, right? So at this point, it's almost a health thing. And so I quietly, as they say, put on my big girl pants, prayed, anointed myself every day when I showed up, but I showed up. I continued to work that position while I was working on my exit plan, right? right. Um, and I grew up in a family that said, hey, you never quit a thing before you, you have your next. And um, I have been blessed to, to maintain that or observe that type of teaching. However, I will tell my clients, you be the judge of what's good for you. If your health is being impacted and you're in a position that you can you know, that you need to make a change, make a change because you're like, you only get one life. Exactly. So, I mean, hard experience. I was able to um, gracefully, gracefully <laughs> depart that company who later actually has called me back to, to work for them several times. Oh, and wow. I politely said, mm, no, no thanks. You know, but I've continued, as you mentioned in my intro, because I am very active in my community. I love building relationships, I've been able to maintain um, positive relationships with those organizations. Um, and even I thought to myself, um, this is girlfriend talk. If I ever see that supervisor out in the community, I'm going to let her know something, <laughs> right? This is Marcia. I'm going to let her know something. And um, do you know that opportunity came? I was working, uh, I was volunteering for a group very good cause and she came to my table and I thought here it is right I'm, I'm gonna be able to serve this thing up and you know again as a woman of faith and I just have to say God is so good because I didn't even have those words all I could do was greet her with a genuine you know that would actually say love just a genuine how are you and whether it was sincere on her part or not it didn't matter because I was sincere so good exactly. to see you. Life is good. Because guess what? I knew I was looking good, right? I was out of that environment, you know, healed of that. And the, when I see her, the only thing I could say was, you know, I thank you because I'm all the better because of that. So what was maybe, and I won't even say it was meant to hurt me, even though it was painful, but because my life serves a greater purpose, it was necessary. And I had that experience because I am now able to work with women. And I'm saying in all different positions, companies, and really support them and work alongside with them to help them process those experiences to where they're not stuck, right? They're no longer questioning, am I enough? Or is it me? Is it something wrong with me? No, let's put that in proper perspective so that you can have clarity and move on. So I like to say, those experiences were necessary and really have offered me some rich nuggets that I'm able to now deliver and share with other women. Oh, that's amazing. And how supportive was your family? As supportive as they could be. Um, and I love my husband. Let's see. Of course I love my husband, right? We'll celebrate 23 years this year. Yay. And you mentioned he is a pastor, so he is my pastor as well. But there would be times that I would share experiences and I would say sometimes it was difficult for him to really understand, like, well, I don't understand why that's bothering you like it is. You know, we prayed about it. 
I don't know why is that still coming up for you? And and there would be some times that I felt misunderstood or hesitant because those scars at the time were real, Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was heavy. It was painful. Um, and even being a pre-woman, God really, I mean, it was a lot of times that it was like, okay, I'm putting this at your feet, but I'm going to pick it back up. Did you fix it yet? So there were times that I did feel like I don't want to keep, it was bothering me, but I didn't want to keep sharing it with my family because they didn't really understand why. Okay, that's been three months. You're not over that yet. Or we all went through it. Stuck it up. I don't know if if, if you've ever experienced that, like just you, just you to be better or you just put your head down. It's like, well, I put my head down. I'm praying. <laughs> I'm doing this, but it's still so very loud. And when the weight loss occurred and the hair loss was happening, I thought, mm-mm, that'd be it. So guess what I decided to do? I decided to be my own rescue. I didn't wait for human resources to fix the situation because you see that they didn't. And as a matter of fact, they did the assessment. I was overly sensitive and they put me back in that same environment. And so nothing was really accomplished except for me having that resilience to say, I got to make some changes, but every day I still had to show up. It was almost like being on the battleground and pray. Okay. I hope I'm not stepping in another landmine. Oh, I just blew up. Let me pick my arm up, (laughs) my leg and still keep going. It was difficult. And so during that particular time there, I didn't have a coach and it was difficult and I've had coaches um, to support me who that type of work is their expertise has really offered me some great tools that work for me that now I share with my clients. Right. So since this was your turning point for becoming this coach you are now, um, tell me about your coaching services and share with us what women can expect when to sign up for them. Sure. So anybody listening to um, this podcast, please go to my website, um, And you can book a free discovery call session because here's the thing too about coaching. All coaches are not equal, you know, in clients. And so the discovery call is necessary because again, this isn't a counseling or therapy session. A coach really works alongside of you. So it's about that client and really helping to help them get clarity and help them to pull and come to answers and not, we don't fix you, right? We're not accountable or responsible for the results, but we are responsible for your process and the structure and the accountability. So it's important to make sure that, again, we're going into this relationship. Do we kind of flow together? So it starts with a discovery call. I offer a plethora of things. So from looking at your portfolio, and these are kind of one-off services, you know, portfolio, if it is interviewing, coaching, you might need, um, networking, I can do that as well. But if you're wanting to go into an actual week to week particular program, then I customize services. I'll also be launching a group coaching um, container that I'm really excited about. So stay tuned. Um, I have an e-course that I'll be launching too. And so this will really bring women in a safe, trusted space that we're able to talk through some of these experiences, not to where it is we're on that cycle where we're continuing to repeat the trauma, but talking about these are healthy ways of processing, coping, and navigating. 
Right. So that container is really designed to uplift and strengthen. You know, sure, we're going to validate that there was trauma, but we're not going to allow you to stay there. Right. And everybody's path looks different, um, which is another reason why every client I start with the discovery call. So was that embolden you? Academy? No. So that is, um, that is coming. So it'll actually be an academy and I'll have a host of coaches that'll be working. And so there'll be courses. And so it is underway. I know. I I saw it on your side. It said coming soon. I'm like, what's that? So, you know, Noreen, really this um, work has been over 20 some years coming. Um, And so, you know, some of my friends are like, oh my gosh, where do you find the time? How is this stuff coming? And it's really because, I mean, I've been working on it for years and just I didn't have the courage at the time or really the know how to do it. Uh, wondering if I should do it, but how do you do it to where, you know, it is my truth uh, and not to be adversarial, right? Because I love the community that I work in. And I should also say a lot of my clients are all over. So they're not just clients in my hometown. I mean, it's they're all over um, the country. However, really wanting to offer the opportunity for women to recover and heal in a safe place. So not trying to say, I fixed you, you're good, but for you to heal, right? Because I always say those scars, they're beautiful. That means I survive, right? And so um, really just helping them to love on themselves, get the clarity, heal, recover, and go help another sister. That's important. Help another sister. And let me just say this in case men are listening. So I have been approached by, um, so I teach as well. And so um, my students always get a kick in. Oh, you know, you're doing this, but what about the brothers? And it's coming. Uh, But my first assignment was to women. um, And I talked to all women. My love was women that looked like me, right? Um, The other piece that really caused me to expedite this work is my daughter is 20 she'll be graduating really soon wow and I thought I don't want my child to experience she's going into the the work world I don't want her to experience some of these hardships because they're going to come in my book that we'll talk about the experiences that these women shared they're kind of similar and I wanted the book to be a legacy project I wanted this work to be a legacy project for all of our daughters and knowing that the microaggressions, the trauma, the bias, the exclusion, those things happen. But don't make any mistake. There is nothing wrong with you. You are wonderfully and perfectly made. Here are some tips. Don't fall into the trap, right? Don't exactly. Shrink. Don't stop your shine because someone is feeling intimidated or they don't understand your enoughness. Don't you shrink. Because someone else is watching you. And in some of those instances, me leaving was the best thing, right? To make a statement that, no, my gifts are so powerful. This no longer serves me. Therefore, I'm not signing up for that mental battle or or battle for power. If you can't take all of this that I'm giving you this position, I'll move to someplace else, you know? You know, exactly. where you decide that you were going to stay. In most of my circumstances, there was always an opportunity. And I always say it was a divine assignment. I was offered another opportunity that was better than the last. And again, I told you from corporate education, um, human service, 
media. Those are very different industries. So there were always opportunities for me to come. And so now I'm full circle in an institution that I loved. Um, it's where I got my start at. And it's just like, okay, this makes sense. You know, education, trading has really been my um, sweet spot. And some of the work, so if you're in my class, you get a little extra, you get some free tools because you're my student. But I'm able to share those experiences with students who I work with adult learners too, and helping them, helping to empower them and really live their best meaningful life. And for some of them, it looks different, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you know what? You said a whole lot right there because there's a lot of, of women that are not Black women like us that don't understand our struggle. And when you try to explain it to them, they do come off and say, oh, she's probably being overly sensitive, you know, mm -hmm. and certain things like that. But then you have these resource groups that have come out and they're designed to help eliminate some of the stigmas and help to bridge a gap between the employee and perhaps maybe management HR to see that, hey, we're bringing these things to you. What are you going to do as yeah. a company, as a leadership team to eliminate some of these problems that we're having in this workplace? And nobody can tell us what it's like to be Black. Nobody no. can tell us, you know. But what I have found is, for some reason, the Black woman has always been the, the problem. And just like you said, you're just going around and minding your own business and just doing the work and keeping your yeah. head down and doing the things that you're supposed to do. But the minute you get to somebody's level and they're not comfortable, they get threatened. And then all of a sudden you're being thrown under the bus. Yeah. You know, as so long as you're in that pet, that pet, you're cute, you're not you know, oh, she's just so fun. Mm -hmm. but, you know, you keep rising. Now you're on the radar and that's where that threat and we have yes. to do something because my thought is they never expected, right? They didn't expect for you to come at that level. Hence some of the comments, you know, you're so articulate. You know, you're really a thinker. Well, well, what else did you expect me to be? Exactly. Listen, Black women are versatile. We are very diverse. We're very resilient. Yeah. You know, I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, we are a big deal. But women as a whole, we yeah. have to just really get rid of that. Not so, saying don't see color, because please see us. Uh, yeah, you must see color, right? There's something wrong exactly. if you don't see color. That's another topic for That's another day. Another topic. Can, <laughs> we can educate some of our other friends, but... So I'm going to pivot just a little bit. So through the work in coaching clients, right? And, you know, the majority, they look like myself. We take that workplace trauma, but then we find that there are probably other traumas, right? Because of the mind. So in the work that, that I'm doing with them, we're really looking at two things, your thoughts and your beliefs. Right. And I always start with, Old beliefs can't support new vision. So when you're deciding, hey, I, either I'm going to try to stay and use some tools because I, I can see this is only for a short time because my sights are set on something else. When you make the decision, this is not what's best for me. I need to transfer or, you know, get out of that office or make a change. But you still have those beliefs and those thoughts, right, that you have, again, from those incidents 
you've told yourself either, hey, it's something wrong with me, or maybe I didn't, you know what I mean? We, yeah. we default to things. And so when we begin doing the work of looking at our thoughts and our beliefs, a lot of times it can be tied back to something in our childhood where we've been conditioned to default back to that, right? So here's the other interesting piece. Of course, I thought workplace trauma it usually had some race, element of race. And yes, it, it was because again, the system is, it's a racist system. However, it's not always white to black or something else. You know, there were cases where my clients, their supervisor looked just like them. Yeah. And that's the worst part. And it was still, if you were to close your eyes and listen to hear the experiences as the client talks about, here were some things that occurred, you really wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And so putting that piece aside, but where does it leave the client? So begin looking at the thoughts and the beliefs, right? Because your thoughts, that's what's going to create, again, your actions, which is going to lead to the results. So we do a lot of work with how can I take that, you know, that circumstance, look at it, have some conversations, process it, because you don't want to take that into your next, whether it's your marriage, whether it's the relationship with your children, whatever, you don't want to continue operating off of that narrative. So we need to look at how do we change the narrative so we can process it and move on. And that's been the most freeing part of what we're doing is, is yes, we're going to validate that happens, but we're not going to live there. And so this book project that I've worked on, um, and I can't wait. It's it's coming. We're actually getting the ISBN number and everything. So oh wow, sign up on the website because I'll be doing pre-orders. I mean, just like in a couple of days, we'll be launching that. However, the the book, which is called A Cloud of Witnesses, mm-hmm. A Sister's Guide for the Workplace. Okay, whether you're brown, not brown, whatever, it's such a good read because there are 16 women, so it's an anthology project. I have every industry represented, whether it's banking, you know, corporate, you name it, retire, all types of women. They're telling these stories of their trauma, but they're talking about how they navigated. And then here are some tips. And so we end the project with a letter to our daughters. And it's beautiful because, again, as we pass the baton, Noreen, we want our daughters to be a little bit wiser and most importantly to know, honey, you are not alone. You are not alone. When you show up, right, the tribe, that we show up with you. And so um, that project was so um, enlightening because, again, it wasn't always just about race. You know, I mean, it played a part in it, but it wasn't just in terms of this was uh, a white person or a non-black person causing this, it was all across the board. And so I think the project really, like you mentioned, gives insight to, I think, the black experience in terms of professionals. And you could really look at, here are some things that I never knew. Me just making this statement or me making this move, how that could be interpreted. Um, and then I think for, for women that look like us culturally, looking at, because again, we do the work, right? But then we're coming home and we're doing a whole lot of other work. We're taking care of grandparents. We're taking care of grandkids. You know, we are the go-to in our neighborhoods. We are the ones going to city council. We're doing all of these other things 
And so when you're showing up in an environment that's triggering you, that could be toxic, that really impacts our health. And so it also causes us an opportunity to kind of step back and really begin to get some things in perspective. So more to come on a cloud of witnesses, a sister's survival guide for the workplace. I love it. And I think that is something that we should just pass out to everybody. Are you doing a book release party or? Yes. And I would love to, um, as soon as I get my, um, my pre-registrations, I'd love to give you that information and just really want to share that and allow it to be a gift for the world. And it's almost just like sitting at the table with your aunts and your girlfriends and you'll be like, I can relate. That happened. What? What did she do? Or your grandmother giving you some wisdom, right? Um, so there's all kinds of wonderful quotes. Um, quotes from, I love Tracy, Ellis Ross, Ava DuVernay. There's some scriptures in there. There's just some old mother wit wisdom. And so it's a timeless piece that, again, for graduation, Mother's Day, it would make for a great gift. It would. So is it going to be available on Amazon? Yes. Yeah, so right okay. now the the ebook the ebook is actually ready. So you can do a hard copy book as well. Okay. You don't want to do the digital option. Um. So I, by the end of the day, we should have our ISBN and all that launched, and there'll be a link. So just go to the website, sign up. Right. And so as soon as that's launched, you'll get that information. Man, that sounds amazing, and I'm so glad that women are going to really have that opportunity to to listen to that. But most importantly, I'm glad that the women had opportunity to actually be a part of it. Yeah. So that's always good. So I want to say this from your vantage point, since you have been in HR, what do you think employers can do to make it easier for someone to actually report what they've been going through at work? I, I really think stop underplaying the cultural competence piece. Stop with the, they're being overly sensitive because that's causing a deeper um, adverse reaction for folks, right? Because by the time they're coming to report it, um, that takes a lot of courage to step up. And so if they're not being validated or you're allowing them to sit traumatized, right, with these concerns in that same environment, how effective do you think they're really being? And now that we're more aware of mental health issues, right? Trauma, we, we can't just take that lightly. And so there needs to be a greater conversation. And I'm just quickly, my mind flashing through all the different um, industries that I've worked with. There really needs to be a more intentional look at the cultural competence and response. How are we supporting these individuals? And so in my case, it wasn't that I needed the one. I have many. You got to get the book to, to read the example. <laughs> just one. In my case, I didn't need a cultural competence study. I needed for that manager to sit with me to understand, here's what you're doing. And here is how it's impacting me. How can we meet in the middle to have some respect, right? Reciprocated. And as professionals, we should have been able to accomplish that. So it's not a one, you know, this is the answer everybody should do it. But I do think making sure some of those employees are at the table to give feedback, you know, because I'm seeing in the classroom, and look, as we're doing this COVID thing, the workforce is changing. People are dealing with trauma 
it's probably even more heightened because of at home, you know, the different types of work environments. And so not discounting that emotional wellness, you know, what we could do, our response being a little, being not a little, just being competent in how we are, you know, creating these experiences when people come to our, our office. Well, that is definitely some good information. And I hope that anyone listening would actually take that to heart. Yeah. So before we close, what advice would you give women who feel stuck at work but don't know how to go about getting the support that they need? Oh, my goodness. Get a coach. <laughs> get a coach. Get a coach. Um, and, and that's not a, a selfish plug for myself, but I'd love to, to talk to some folks because um, they're free. There are programs where you have some coaches that are offering free sessions so that you can maybe figure out, is this a person that I can really talk to? But talk to a coach. Discovery calls are free for most coaches. And if based on what you are presenting can give you some suggestions as well. Right. Um, I also would say groups like yours, connecting with a tribe, reach up for help. You are not alone. And so even though your platform may not be for, you know, helping folks through trauma, but chances are you have some expertise in the room where you can connect. And then I would say for all of us, we must do a better job when individuals reach out to us and trust us enough to say, I'm struggling, right? Um, I'm struggling. I need some help. And so I've been on both sides, right? Because we're all doing life, but connecting that individual to some resources, right? You don't have to be the savior, but connecting them to some resources so they can get the help, validate, you know, validate you may be that champion with a whole bunch of beautiful scars and you're like oh that's mm -hmm. nothing girl but to them it could be everything so we must do a better job at validating individuals and when they are trusting you and reaching out we must respond you may not be the answer connect right. them with someone and um sister noreen cousin noreen <laughs> i I love you. I am so appreciative for how you're showing up, you know, in the world, right? Not just locally. This girl is all across the globe, right? I appreciate you. you because you're allowing space for us to show up, to connect, and the topics that you're bringing are so vital. So thank you for being obedient to the Father thank and just stepping out and, you know, myself included. I like to be the roadmap person, right? And it's like now he's saying, daughter, it's time to step up, come up. If you got to do it, do it afraid. But there is someone in the world that's waiting for you, right? Just like this video, I believe that there's someone listening saying, I've been waiting for her, right? And so I told you it took 20 years. And if I had to do anything different, I wish I would have said yes sooner instead right. of saying I'm waiting to get all of this help, but someone is waiting for you to open your mouth and to show up. And so thank you for being that example for all of us. And, um, You're welcome. I appreciate that. That yeah. um, I don't, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm generally never speechless, but yeah, I feel like it was an obedience because the reason why I am encouraging women to share their stories just because of what happened in my own household and we were not allowed to share any of that. And yeah. so 
some earlier episodes, myself and my sister, we've shared our stories of our trauma and what happened. And that was the catalyst for this because secrets keep us sick. Yeah. And, and, and when you worry too much, it makes you fat. And I definitely don't need any extra pounds to my midsection. Hello. And, and so being obedient and letting everyone come on. And I've had, I've been in clubhouse and I've had women reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I want to share my story. The episode that I did just before this one, I just released it yesterday. Okay. She is also a coach. Her story is so compelling. And I, I hope that you have some time that you could listen to yes, a couple of them because those stories, it's like people are waiting for the moment to share these on different platforms. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some women that have never shared and want to share. And then there are some women that are adamant about sharing because no one listened. Yeah. You know, and so having this platform for women to tap into, to come and listen. I feel it's very important. This is the year of the woman. This is the, yep. the, the decade of the woman. I'm not giving us a year. I'm giving us. That's right. Right. <laughs> and it's about time that we spoke up and it's about time that people start listening to what we're going through. And the reason why I didn't have this platform be just for black women is because we as women, period, need to come together because that's the only way we can get two things. One is understanding and the second one is healing. Healing, yes. And we have to heal together. Mm -hmm. We have to heal together. You know, I always say stilettos underground. You know, we have to be there for each other. We have to be our sister's keeper and help them through everything. And then we have to, like you said, reach back and pull our younger sisters up. Mm -hmm. Because they're our future. Yeah. You know, when we're walking around and watching the grandbabies and the great grandbabies, they're the ones that's going to be out there with their stilettos on the ground. And so we really need to set the blueprint right in order yeah. for them to really do this thing the way it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So me being obedient, that was definitely uh, a big thing for me. And it was just gnawing at me and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I don't know anything about a podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and start one up. And I've just been getting, like I said before, these women of faith that have been so amazing and they have just held space like you have. Yeah. And I think that a lot of women out there are going to be so drawn to your story because, and not even just women, anyone in the workplace, this yeah. can work for anyone. And you said your platform, you're accepting men as well. Yeah. Just, just reach out to me, you know, HR consultants, I've done consulting. You know, I'm happy to share because I believe that these experiences, they need to um, be brought to light. And, and listen, you're not revamping the whole system, but obviously there's some pieces missing. And so, again, through my coaching efforts, I'm going to come alongside you and support in a non-threatening way, right? Because you do the work. I'm just providing right. process and the structure. Right, exactly. Yeah. What are your social handles? Where can people find you? Sure. So you can find me on Facebook um, under uh, Coach M. You can also visit um, my website and get, and I have a free gift there if you sign up. So it's www.marciabolden.com. You can also book your discovery call there and you can email me at info at marciabolden.com. And your clubhouse Oh, gosh. Thank you for my clubhouse. 
Give me a second. Ask me another question. <laughs> I'll tell you a second. I am on Clubhouse. Just look, look under um, Coach M at okay. Clubhouse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This is so important because as we're transitioning back into the workplace, there is going to be a lot of people that are, you know, myself included, really trying to get back into the mindset of working in the office again and yeah. dealing with people and dealing with folks just popping up at the desk at all times of the day without an appointment, mm -hmm. which everyone that knows me knows that is not how I do things. I don't like that. I don't like people popping up without an appointment. Right. It's so rude. Because <laughs> you want to be prepared and I want to give you my best service. I want right. to be available. Yeah, I'm going to be available, most of all. So don't be surprised if I dial your number and be like, hey, I'm in a weekend at work and I'm already stressed out. Please do. Um, like I said, I have some great tools um, that have been afforded to me, so I love to share. And the best compliment that I received, because uh, I, I turned my way, I snuck it into my uh, a curriculum with students, and I had females and males, and so... One of my students came, he said, Miss Bolden, thank you. He said, I can do this with my son. I was able to coach my son last night. So it doesn't, you don't need a lofty degree or anything, but they're just some practical tools looking at fact versus meaning, right? What are you assigning? What thoughts? What are the facts? And how is that playing out? So there's some great tools and it doesn't take long. Noreen, you can get unstuck in five minutes. Whereas you're going to see a counselor or therapist, and I have some counselor or therapist friends. Let me just say this. I appreciate their work. If you have a diagnosis or something, absolutely. So I'm not saying don't go see a therapist, but for coaching, there's some things you may have been struggling with for years, like me, five minutes. And it's like, huh, that little thought, that little nagging thought that I just needed to adjust freed me and so it is a work um you know and I've been getting into this neuroscience which we didn't talk about but I love right. it and just really studying how the brain works and so um there are times I'm telling my husband I'm like I'm creating a new groove in my brain right I'm, I need to change because maybe um historically or through my family we tend to believe this way and this is the result and this is why I'm not getting where I need it because of this belief. And so, um, please, I encourage you reach out. And if you'd like to do a, a part two, I'm happy to do that because I'm a believer and I'm seeing the results, um, in my own life and my children even. And so, um, I'm happy to share. I believe God has called me to do this work. And so, um, you don't have to know everything, just the yes. And I think I told you when we started this call, it's just him and me. And um, he shows up and I believe that there've been some things said today that have hopefully piqued someone's interest. And if nonetheless, sister, we hear you, we feel you and you're not alone. You are not alone. We you're are alone. definitely here with you. Well, you know what? I am so happy that you had some time to hold space with me. Marcy. Oh, yes, we probably went over time, but it was all good. Oh so. yes, absolutely. Well, thanks again uh, for sharing your knowledge with my tribe and me. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon, even if it's for a part two. I would love it. Thank you. Blessings. 
you for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sis some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at SaveOurSisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.